I checked the box on all the major things in my life and I thought it would all be good and I'd be like coasting, you know, at this point. And in fact, that is not what happens as you know, and as you talk about. And this is where what I think that for me has been a midlife awakening, not a crisis, but an awakening moment of who am I? What have I been doing? How am I going to do it now? And what, what I have a blank canvas for what the rest of my life looks like. And that is freaking exciting. Hey, midlifers, welcome to the Midlife Makeover Show. Are you ready to break free from your mundane midlife? Are you feeling trapped in a vicious cycle of rinse and repeat days? No matter if you're experiencing a divorce hangover, job burnout, or you just have the midlife blues, I got you. Hey, I'm Wendy, your hostess of the Midlife Mostest. I too was hit by midlife like a freight train. I too felt stuck in the same dull chapter. I wanted the clarity of how to create a new life beyond divorce and the courage to leave an unfulfilling career. But I kept telling myself that I wasn't worthy and it was just easier to stay in my comfort zone until I found a little secret, the freedom to live my life my way. In this podcast, you will learn how to achieve a vibrant midlife mind and body how to create solid relationships through love and loss, and how to create an awesome second half of life. Grab your grande latte, pop in your earbuds, and let's get this midlife party started. Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to Thursday, July 27th. And welcome to another day to, as Prince would say, to get through this thing called life. As Wendy would say, though, don't just get through it, thrive through it. Today's episode is jam-packed full of so many ways to help you thrive and master your midlife. Oh, yeah. As a matter of fact, I was watching the replay and I was thinking to myself, damn, this is good stuff. You are going to love it. And you are going to love our guest too. Our gorgeous guest is Shabani Joshi. Is that not like the coolest name ever? She is an experienced journalist who has covered business, technology, and general news for global media outlets, including ABC News, CNBC, Fox News, Yahoo, Finance, and more. Shabani's most recent achievement is called Boldly Forward, a collection of essays, experiences, and ideas about shifting from living a life of doing to living a life of being. Shabani is passionate about empowering and inspiring women to seek meaning and purpose together. Shabani created Boldly Forward to guide you to realize that you are not alone. She wants you to see you have more power inside of yourself than you could have ever dreamed possible. That joy is always available. It has been waiting to flow. Let the flow of joy begin. Everyone, please welcome Shabani to the show. Enjoy. Shabani Joshi. You got it. Did I say it right? You got it. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Welcome to the Midlife Makeover Show. I'm honored to have you here. I was Thank reading you. your bio and I was like, good golly, what have you not 
done. <laughs> You're an awesome journalist. You, you've been on what ABC and NBC and CBS and Fox News and Huffington Post. And now here you are. Yeah. I've talking been on- to me, hanging out in my RV. Yeah. <laughs> I love it though. This is where it gets real. So I appreciate it. Right? Exactly. Well, welcome. Uh, tell everyone a little bit more about you and uh, what you want to talk about today. Yeah. So uh, first of all, thank you for having me. I am a huge fan and it is um, so almost surreal sometimes when you meet people <laughs> that you follow and you hear on podcasts and to interact with them. It just kind of feels like a just a surreal out-of-body moment. So I'm super <laughs> excited and thrilled to be here and I'm passionate about really about the empowerment of women, about the empowerment of people, but really about the empowerment of women. And it's something that I've developed, um, you know, through my own experience, but I'm, I'm reaching out and connecting with women on just such a a more profound basis. Um, I started off as like an investment banker on wall street and just navigated through lots of corporate jobs and an MBA and made my way to TV news. And I worked for Fox and uh, CNBC and ABC news and, and those big houses. And then um, I decided to shift my life and sort of walk away and um, focus on my kids focus on building my own platform and doing things my way. And in the middle of that, figuring out what it is that I want and how I want to do it. And so, you know, that's what I talk to women a lot about today that I'd love to talk to you about is rewriting the rules to work for ourselves and not having to, you know, I I talk to and I interview and I work with corporate women. There's These are doctors and lawyers and accountants and finance people. And the fact remains is we need women to stay in those positions. We do not yes. want fewer women in the tech space, in the finance space. We want leading women leading more companies. And so what I do is I talk to these women about, you know, what's holding you back? What is, what is it that you're wanting without requiring you to quit your job, leave your mm-hmm. husband, yeah. you know, give it all up and, and meditate on the beach. And sure, that's great for some people. <laughs> and that might be the solution for some people. You know, right. I'm not discounting that, but that's not the solution for everybody, especially when we're in an environment where we need women to continue to lead. Yeah. So supporting women, working women, um, executives, professional women's is what I'm about and empowering them in the way that they want to do it in their lives. I love that. Like becoming your, the CEO of your own life. Yeah. Of yourself. Right. Yeah. Yeah, So instead of like, if something's not working for you, then you make it work. You figure out a way to, to, to tweak, uh, your own life and, and whether like, whatever it's your, wherever you're working to make that work for you. Right. Instead of like, it's a one or the other, like, okay, it's not working. So I'm out. Yeah. And getting real with reality. Um, I think that's an important component. We talk a lot about this, you know, fantasy work-life balance. I don't think that it exists on any given day. We do want something and less of something. And if we feel like it's going to flow easy and feel good all the time, and the kids aren't going to throw a tantrum and you're not going to get stuck in traffic, sorry, you're never going to find that magic aha moment of balance. So really accepting reality, um, getting in flow with, you know, I think 
we often think life is going to be good and feel good when it's, you know, a flat line. But if you think of someone was telling me not that long ago, if you look, you know, if you get on your heart on a heart rate monitor, it's boom, 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 boom. That is that is analogous to life. Only when we are dead does it flatline like this. But I think some of us are waiting for that moment of, oh, finally everything is calm. Finally, the (laughs) that ever happens. happens until (laughs) we're gone. So what Uh, are we doing to ourselves? Especially if you have kids, right? Like especially everything just can go wacko in one day, right? So what? Personal, personal question for you. What fulfills you? Um, I think there are a lot of things that fulfill me. And what, what my job is to do every single day is figure out what that is and what's possible. You know, I might like going to go do yoga, but today I look at my calendar and there's no way yoga is going to happen. Right. Um, so it's either getting real and realistic or adapting and going with the flow and saying yoga is going to be 15 minutes in my garage today, right? Yeah. And <laughs> figuring out how to serve myself within the parameters of what my life is and um, doing that every single day. Yeah, exactly. I know, especially for me too. Uh, you know, full-time RVing and putting on the show and writing a book. And I'm like, oh my gosh. I mean, there was like four days in a row that I didn't get to work out. And normally I do yoga right here in the RV. Yeah. But I used to, the old Wendy would beat herself up that if I, oh my gosh, you didn't work out for four days in a row. That is so awful. And now I'm like, you didn't work out for four days in a row. Whatever. Like, yeah. (laughs) You're doing the best that you can, right? Like becoming your own cheerleader. I talk about that a lot because we are the worst at how we talk to ourselves, right? It's so true. Yeah. And and type A, type A personalities, ambitious women, successful women, you know, we tend to be the hardest on ourselves. And, And the fact remains, it serves us though, too, because it gets us up in the morning. It gets us on the treadmill. You know, it gets us halfway down our to-do list. So it benefits us to some extent. But one of the things that, you know, I have been exploring in my own life, and it's kind of inspired by this book I read maybe almost a decade decade ago called um, What Got You Here Won't Get You There. And I think it's Marshall Gold. Goldsmith, um, something or another, you know, I I need to look it up, but essentially the sort of meta on it and how I think it applies to women in midlife is, you know, we are programmed because of culture and family and society and people around us to have this playbook, right? And it will Mm. include school and good grades and looking pretty and wearing our hair and pigtails and then, you know, getting (laughs) older and, you know, being sort of the, the, the good daughter and then working hard and, and getting into college and, and then, you know, getting married and having the children. And then you get to age 40 and you think, gosh, I made it to 40, you know, and then you get over the, over that, that sort of quote unquote finish line. And then you look around at a, you know, you get to 42, 43, 44, and you're like, 
I don't have a game plan for this time in my life. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Thought, I thought it was going to be smooth sailing. I had like, I had like, you know, uh, I had checked the box on all the major yeah. things in my life. And I thought it would all be good. And I'd be like coasting, you know, at this yes. point. And in fact, that is not what happens as no. you know, and as you talk about. And this is where what I think that for me has been a midlife awakening, not a crisis, but an awakening moment of who am I? What have I been doing? How am I going to do it now? And what, what I have a blank canvas for what the rest of my life looks like. And that is freaking exciting. If you actually, I totally agree. That's what I've always said. I'm like, this should not be a midlife crisis. A midlife meltdown, it's an awakening. It's an opportunity to change things around. And especially like, I mean, a lot of my audience um, divorcing or been divorced or, you know, empty nest. And it is a great opportunity to be like, hey, you know, it don't think of it as like, oh my God, it's just me, myself and I be like, it is me, myself and I. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You can ask yourself what you want yeah. and you can go for it. And I mean, for me years ago, that's what happened. And I'm like, and here I am, like finally living a life that I love and living a life that's according to what Wendy wants and not what everybody else wants. And you are so joyful in it, Wendy. I Thank mean, you. I don't know what you were like before, but I just yeah. see this spirit and this passion and this authenticity in you. And I believe, I mean, it's scary because so many of us go on this well-trodden path of do this and get married and get the husband and get this and that. And then you kind of, and I had that moment where I had my three kids, I had done all the major career things. I looked around, I couldn't complain about the house I lived in, the neighborhood, like there wasn't stuff I that was really wrong on the outside, but I was not happy on the inside. Yes, And it is that clash, right? That creates crisis and yet is the signal that it's time to look inside. It's time to think this through. What got you here is not going to get you there. And starting to think about what is the new rule book? What is the new playbook? Do you always need to be on a diet? Do you need to be hating on yourself every time you look on the mirror? Do you need to be doing the dishes, you know, 16 times a day and then being angry at your husband about it? You know, it's like, we've been doing this for so long. Yeah. And do like, do we ever stop and just ask ourselves, why am I doing this? And does it serve us? We're like robots sometimes, you know, I'm guilty of that myself. I'm like, why am I doing it this way? That makes no sense. Yeah. Yeah. And just completely changing your, your hat, your daily habits and your, and your thoughts and your emotions. And even I think there's belief, like you should be feeling this way about X, like whatever that is. Right. Maybe not, you know, like you're supposed to be sad about this. You're supposed to be angry about this. Well, maybe I'm not like just owning owning who you are. And, you know, like the book I'm writing right now, I just changed the title to women waking up, which is kind of interesting. And here we're having a talk about that. But I think sometimes it's not even so much that we're going through a midlife crisis. It's a a midlife coma. You know, like wake up. Like you have so many, like if you woke up today, literally, then you have an opportunity to change your life. Right. And yeah, I'm with you. 
And mm-hmm. I believe, and I know this because I come from Indian culture and there are a lot of cultures. And I even believe Western and American culture has a lot of elements of this, which is the subordination of women. The you sh- To be a woman, you should. You should put <laughs> other people's first. You should. Uh, look a certain way, you should, you know, put your children and your spouse ahead of yourself. And all of those shoulds, and particularly in my culture, it's like, what will other people think? Um, You know, make your parents happy. There's so many other people we are taught to put ahead of ourselves. And then we wake up one day and we don't have this playbook and we're, we're feeling disgruntled in life. And the things we were doing don't work anymore. The same diet, the same exercises, you know, the same self-talk is not giving you the results that you want. And you, and the question mark comes up, what is it that I want? And I think the majority of us as humans, because I Mm -hmm. I do believe men and women were all sort of conditioned and programmed differently. Oh yeah. Right. But particularly women, we are not taught to think about ourselves, what we want, and do we like this or not like this? Because we were not given that freedom. And so I believe, and I know, you know, I hear your guests talking about that. That's the exciting thing about right now. What do you like? What do you prefer? What do you know? (laughs) And living your life in accordance with it, you know, one decision at a time. And I'm, you know, again, this huge proponent of of like, I I did end up getting divorced, but divorce is a hard, messy, painful road. It is no solution to anything. Leaving your job comes with consequences. There's no way out of the hard stuff, but there are ways that we can be more kind, more aligned, mm-hmm. and more in tune with ourselves that allows us to move like yeah. water through pebbles, just, you know, effortlessly gliding yeah. over the ups and downs with more ease and more flow. And it can be with, you know, how you wake up in the morning, what you say to yourself mm-hmm. in the mirror, yep. how do you talk to yourself when things go wrong? All of those things actually matter probably more than anything at the end. Yeah, I agree. I think for me, it was, it was about becoming more mindful in my life with my thoughts, my actions, my behaviors. And I think I might've made the statement earlier, the old Wendy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And that's the thing, like we, you know, allow ourselves to evolve, allow Mm -hmm. yourself to give yourself permission to be who you want to be and actually putting things into action to become that woman. I mean, I think for me, the biggest thing that, that changed was stepping into that woman that I wanted to become. I didn't wait to become her. I just like, I remember I was watching a movie and I was thinking, well, they're acting. So why don't I, and if I can act however I want, why not just act like a strong, bold, confident woman yeah. And then I'll become her. Like that yeah. was my theory. Yeah. <laughs> and it and worked. Cause it, I was like, yeah. eventually, like I woke up one day, I was like, wow, I actually feel like that strong, confident woman. Not a hundred percent of the time, but if ever I have those moments where I feel a little like insecure or like, and that old talk comes back in, mm-hmm. then I, I'm mindful enough of it now, I can catch it before it snowballs. I was the queen 
of allowing things to snowball in my mind yeah, so much that it then became this huge worry. And it would, oh my God, it would take over my whole day. Totally. I do that. And then now, now I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm not going to ruin my own day. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly. And we get in our own, we get in our oh. own way, right? We're the worst. Yeah. And that is, you know, it's interesting because when I do talk to corporate women, you think, hey, you know, they've got it going on. They went to an Ivy League school. They've yep. got this nice house, nice bag, all of these things. But the fact remain is, it remains when I get in a room with these women, they struggle with the same thing yep. we all struggle with as women is, mm-hmm. am I enough? Is there enough time in the day? Am I fulfilling my roles to other people? And the fact remains is in the corporate world, there's lots of data on this too, is that our appearance matters you know, CEO women, they need to be thin because the, the, the common belief is if, if you can't control the food in your mouth, how are you going to control a company? Um, We have to, you know, we have to dye our hair and and wear certain clothes and and look the part in accordance with the male standard. And for us to come in and say, Hey, screw this. I'm not doing this today actually is not really possible, you know? And it's like, um, where can you find freedom and your own um, cadence with all the things that are that are like the realistic requirements of being a woman? Because we can't let it all hang out and, uh, you know, just let it all go and also achieve some of the goals that require the approval, the process, the, you know, like that are very traditional in a lot of ways. And so, you know, we have to figure out how to march that walk, but do it at our own pace, our own speed and with authenticity and what you were saying about the looping thoughts, right. And getting Mm -hmm. in your own way. You know, when I think about success before, when I was younger, I, I would think, this kind of mate, this many kids, this kind of house, money, you know, whatever it is, right? These external, external, external things. Maybe you got some of it. Maybe you didn't. Whatever it is, that stuff matters, but does not define me in the same way and is not as exciting to me in the same way. What I believe success is is more of those moments strung together, like those beautiful, you know, yes. lights that you see in the backyard. Is it is not about you're not going to have continuous happiness and positivity all day long. But yep. can you bridge the gap and make it five hours in between, and then mm-hmm. fifty minutes in between, and then five minutes in between, and get so much better about bringing yourself into? Nope, not doing that today. Yep. I believe. Myself, I trust myself. I'm amazing. I'm not going to torture myself today. And for me, that's those habits are actually what creates success in people and and in life, you know, much less meaning, happiness, all of the stuff as well. Yeah. I'm so glad you said that. And uh, it made me think about there was one time I was at a Deepak Chopra retreat, which mm-hmm. I love. And I remember like part of the thing was to, you would get a partner in the room and you would share, you would say, I am, and you'd, you'd finish yes. the sentence. Yeah. 
And um, of course, everybody would start out going, I am a woman. I am a mom. I'm a sister. And then they're like, nope, nope, keep going, keep going, keep going. You know, okay, I am a CEO of such and such company. I am. And then eventually you're like running out of all the labels. Yeah. And the point of the whole exercise was to be like, I am. I'm just, I like, who are you? Like, if you were to take off all those labels, whether you put the label on yourself or it was placed on, you know, by society or your parents or culture or things like that, underneath all those labels is who, you know, it's like to really ask yourself who you truly are at your core. And I think once you get in touch with that, you care less about the labels. Like, oh yeah, all right, I've got that label. Yeah, okay, uh huh. But that's not who I truly am. Yeah, and it, it's interesting. Uh, another story. I, you know, I live in Madeira, Portugal, part of the year when I'm not full time RVing, and it's interesting to be over there because with their culture, their society, they don't ask you, "What do you do." That's that right. question never asked that question. And interestingly, in RV life as well, <laughs> the question usually isn't what do you do? It's where are you from? Yeah. But you get to know people for who they truly are, like their yeah. personalities. What do you like to do? Where do you like to go? It's the those are the conversations. And those, I mean, I don't know about you, but like those are the conversations I, I love that you, you feel like you can connect more with people, right? When you get underneath their labels and they get underneath your labels and it's like, ah, we're connecting human being to human being. And I feel like then when you do connect more with who you are at your core, then you, you really blossom. Yeah. You really climb, even if it, you know, like what if you want to climb the corporate ladder, you just effortlessly climb the corporate ladder because you know who you are and you step into that woman that you've always wanted to be. Yeah. yeah. I I I love all of it. And I I want to follow your lead one day and live in international places when <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's fun. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> You know, what you bring up for me is, you know, I often talk to career women about introspection and it's often a, a new thing for them or it's something they feel like, yeah, I go to yoga, I go to a yoga retreat, you know, once a year, or I listen to podcasts and I think, you know, the only, I, you know, I say to them from my own experience, the only way to tune into yourself is to tune out the world and mm-hmm. sit down and meditate and yeah. Uh, introspect and it can be journaling. It can be, it, and you can do it. And so, there's so many modalities now to do that by, it can be therapy. It can be a spiritual or religious sort of um, a guide or teacher that you have, but until we get quiet with ourselves. And I do believe that that's what midlife invites us to do is yeah. to transition to becoming this wise woman you know, transforming into becoming this wise woman, but the wisdom is inside of us. And until we get quiet and pick it up, um, we're going to do all the stuff that we did. And it's so funny because I also went to a Chopra retreat and I (laughs) did that same experience. And I thought it was profound because I was like, I didn't, I'm this, I'm that, I'm this, I'm amazing. I I have all these labels. I went to all these schools. I did all of these things. And actually the reason I went there is because 
I had quit my job. I had left New York City. I was what I say and what I write about. I was a series of past tenses. I was a TV anchor. I was, you know, this had this glamorous life in New York. I was, I was, I was, I I had a plan and I have no plan now. And the thing that I learned is when you bank your identity on your roles, your identity becomes vulnerable because your roles are subject to change and can be taken away. When you leave a job, if your role, uh, if someone around you passes away, if, um, you know, you take identity in your home and something happens to your home, like whatever it is, like our identities, when we tie it to external things, which Mm -hmm. is what we're taught to do, which is how our parents describe us. Oh, this is Susie. And she, you know, was valedictorian and did all of these things. And, you know, my parents would always be like, she went here and she does this and that's who I was. And then when I stopped doing those things, Mm-hmm. I felt I was lost. I felt I was valueless. And I mm-hmm. felt, um, I did not know who I was. And that is when I went into my awakening. That is when I started my meditation and my reading and my spiritual quests and all of these things to answer the question, well, who am I, you know, yeah. without an empty blank? with a role or a job or an identity tied to somebody else. Who am yeah. I? And that is what I believe authenticity is. That is yeah. what entertainment is. That is what spirituality is, is living and being in touch with that. Like we were saying, as many moments of the day as we can. And some days it's easier and some days it's harder, as you know. Yeah. And you know, too, and not feeling the need to prove anything to anyone. Yeah. Right. Even to ourselves, like just knowing that we are worthy, we are enough. I mean, we all have, I'm sure I'm not the only one out there has had the thought of like, I'm not enough. I'll never, we have all had that thought. Like it's never enough, you know, whether if it's for our partners or our children or our parents or or Instagram. Good yeah, totally. There's always, you know, more followers. There's always five pounds. There's yeah. always fewer tantrums, you know, and it's all on us as women, right? Like we don't expect these things of men in the same way. We just don't. What, what do you think is the best way when we have those limiting beliefs that are really habitual in our minds? What is the best way to knock those suckers out and to change your stinking thinking. So I do a lot of different things. Again, I, I kind of go with, I have done a lot of things. I am like, so out there. I talk to (laughs) mystics and psychics and, uh, astrologists. I also work with this spiritual teacher. I also was raised very religiously in, in the Indian Hindu faith. Mm. I pray, I meditate, I do, um, uh, what we call Jeppa, which is like basically like a rosary bead. Um, I do a lot of things based upon, I do breathing, pranayama, you know, different type of breathing techniques. I, there are certain things I build a routine around. I have a morning ritual that I, I, and a and night ritual gratitude is another thing that I do regularly. And I do it with yeah. my kids. What are three things that I'm grateful for? I do kind of temple things. And then depending upon the circumstances, I add in the breathing, I add in the affirmations, I add in a therapy session, you know, whatever it is. But, you know, I think 
the the there is no one solution for anybody, but it is to experiment. And then once you find something that works, don't go to the buffet of sort of spiritual and, you know, life. <laughs> get, get, start to gain practice yeah. and expertise and routine with it. You know, the more that you create habits around your thinking, your meditation, your spiritual life, whatever it is that you want to call it, the better it works for you. And it's like, you know, it's like training for a job or training for a marathon or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. You've got to do it every single day to be great at it. And so that's, you know, I've, I do a lot of things. I've, I've figured out what sort of techniques and things work for me. And, you know, and as a mother, I believe that it is a huge gift to have children because I do believe we, can be spiritual teachers for our families Mm -hmm. um, and sharing even through um, like exercises with your children, whether it's gratitude, teaching your kids meditation, but more than that, Wendy, just living by example, you know, they, you know, they, they watch what you do, not listen to what you say. And so the more you live it, the more you transform your household, your family, your your generation, the next generation. And that is empower. I think that is empowering mm-hmm. AF, you know, as yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Living by example, that is so true. I mean, and like you and I both, like we have huge platforms, right? Where we speak to people everywhere. Yeah. But you don't have to have that. Just yeah. in your own world right there, you can make such an impact and you can break the cycle. Yeah. Things that, right, like we were talking about what, you know, what we were taught as children or in our 20s and our 30s and the 70s and 80s and 90s and all that crazy, <laughs> those yeah. crazy decades, right? But you can break that cycle. I think one of my greatest times with my with my kids was doing yoga or doing meditation. I got certified through the Chopra Center. And of course, I had I used my kids as my they were my students because I had yeah. to get my hours in. I was like, kids, yeah, we're doing yoga today. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, at the time they're like, oh my gosh, really? I was like, Yes, you're doing it. Yes. Um But now we all look back and kind of laugh and giggle about it. And we appreciated those moments of doing those things, of going in and teaching them that, yes, you're a human being being human, like get connected with yourself. And I I was thinking, um, it was one time I was in a positive psychology course. And I remember sitting in the back of the room, there's like 500 people in there during this conference. And it just hit me. I thought, are we complex beings trying to make ourselves simple? Or are we just, audit- we're, we're simple beings and we just make it really complicated. And I think it's, I think we What's are really simple. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> we just complicate it. And I, I even today even think sometimes where that light bulb goes off. I'm like, Wendy, you're making it way too complicated. Like chill. <laughs> I have to remind myself to chill out, you know? And, and it's hard, like you were talking about divorce or, you know, changing careers and things like that. Is it hard? Yes. Yeah. But you learn so much during those tough times. And I I know it's like so hard to be smiley and happy. I'm going to learn a lot through this challenge, (laughs) but you really will. You may not learn it in that moment, Yeah. but as you look back, you're like, whoa. 
you know, and then hopefully you can look back and go, I was such a different woman back then, but look at me now. Like I've like, it empowered me to really shine my light, to really be who I want to be. And, and I think about that too. Like I, I used to not shine my light because I, I can remember even back in high school, like people, like kids would like make fun of me. Oh, you're, you're too loud or you talk too much or, oh, it's all. So I, I, you know, you remember those things. And then I ended up, you know, having a partner in life that would, did not like for me to shine. So I was like, well, let me be a a good girl here and not shine. Cause then that way I won't lose relationships and people won't make fun of me. Yeah. Now I don't give a crap. Yeah. But it's a process. How long did that take for you, Wendy? I mean, I also that years. And I think that's we we have to let women and men know this we're not done. We will never be done until Uh the day we transition. And Um, for us to think, Hey, you know, I'm going to get, go through it and get it over with. And I, again, the sense of arriving, we arrive at some sort of fake line. There is no finish line. This is the Mm -hmm. beauty and the gift and the challenge of life is just stepping every day, every year, every decade more fully into who we truly are, that wise woman in essence. And that is a lifelong journey. And I believe the reason why, why we're here and in the middle of all that, we serve a purpose and our, for a lot of us, our work does that for us. And, and that's another thing I speak to women about is, you know, there's kind of, and one of the projects I'm working on now, I know you're working on a book proposal. One of the, Mm. I'm working on a book proposal to sort of bring it, to bring in ancient wisdom, Indian wisdom into everyday life for women, particularly mm. working women. And two of oh, the main like concepts from the Gita, um, which is sort of our main oh. book in Hinduism is... Bhagavad Gita! Yeah. yeah it's my uh, favorite, yeah. <laughs> focus on the efforts, not the outcome. So if we're yeah. focused on the best-selling book, because who yep. would be it becomes outcome oriented and it doesn't become about the joy of the journey, the process and the serving that you are going to do when you write that book and people are going to get enlightened, empowered, and wise. And your only job is to focus on that and let the results go, you know, and turning work into service. Because I do believe that as we transition to this wise woman, our work, and you can be a waitress, you can be a CEO, you can be mm-hmm. anywhere in between and you can serve. And it's all about your attitude and really seeing the avenues for service. Um, whatever circumstance that you're in, it, it can yeah. come through mentorship. It can come through doing nonprofit work on the side. It can be your actual role. It can be the way that you carry yourself out and you communicate and you work with people every day, right? There's so many ways. And when we start to focus on that, on how we do things, not what happens with what we do with the things. Mm. We then take ourselves out of the I am, right? Yes. Blank. We yep. get, I am the achiever, the number one seller, the top rank mm-hmm. CEO. Because it's still just another label that we end up putting it, on ourselves, right? And the never, pressure, the pressure of it. Else, it never ends. Okay. Yes. Best-selling book. Where's the next one, right? Yeah. 
right? Yeah. So you enjoy that for about 30 seconds or three days. And then it's like, well, what are you going to do next, Wendy? You know, yep. and exactly. Yeah. So getting out of that rat race that we put ourselves in. Mm-hmm. It's funny. I was interviewed on this podcast months ago and she asked me, she said, how, she said, what, how did you become so successful so quickly when you launched your podcast? And I said, well, it was very simple. I was like, I came out of the gate serving and not selling. That's all I care about. Cause I I've lived, I mean, for 30 years, I was an entrepreneur. I was in sales. I was like, oh my God, am I good at sales? Yes. I could sell a popsicle to an Eskimo if I wanted to, you know, Bet. but this time <laughs> around here I was, I was like, you know what? I'm finally getting to do what I love and I want to love it. I want to enjoy it. And I just want people to know that they can change their lives. Like I, 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 it brings me so much joy to serve. Selling is kind of like a byproduct. I think like you'll make money. You like, you can make, I mean, look, look at the world. You can make money doing anything. Yeah. And right. what's important, I think, is also that's another thing is like women, we feel yeah. that money is bad, taboo, we mm-hmm. shouldn't make yep. it. It's like, you know, no, you need money um, to serve your purpose, put a roof yep. over your head to eat. It is perfectly fine to make money. But again, is it that you want you want it to gain status and, mm-hmm. you know, a private jet and the fancy bag? Or is it a means to a happier life and security and value oriented living? It's, it's a difference yeah. again in the how of how we're doing things. So you have to make money and you have to sell it, but it's not only about that, right? It's yes, that. I totally agree. You know, too, I was just thinking, especially after COVID, right? A lot of people during that time were like, you know, who am I? What is my purpose? And then I think also, if you're at midlife, the nest is empty and COVID hit and you're sitting there going, okay, now what? Yeah. If if there's a woman out there listening and they're like, hey, I, I don't know what my purpose is. I'm completely lost. I know I need to change my life, but I don't know even where to start. What what would you say? What would you recommend? I would say get quiet with yourself. Mm -hmm. Whatever way makes sense. It can be a journal. It can be sitting somewhere. It can be going for a walk and do that habitually for as long as you can until you think about the next step because it is not a marathon. It is, I mean, it is a marathon, but it is not that you're trying to get to the end of the marathon. It is that you're just trying to figure out what is the next right step for you and take it. And then the next one will, will find itself to you. And then the next one will come and the next one will come and it will come to you, but you have to make the effort and the investment to get quiet in the way that resonates with you. And there's so many techniques that are out there, but investing in yourself through introspection, I have found to be the the highest ROI you got to talk about return on investment the highest ROI um, of my time in my life you know and that is what I'm committed to and that's what I encourage women to do it is only inside that you find the answers um, it is they are there waiting for you they are they're within yeah. you you know what the answers are you just gotta find it yeah. sometimes you gotta just clear the gunk and clear the layers yeah. And, and 
excavate to get to where they are. And that takes time because we've been living 40 something years of messages and this and that. So be patient, but do it because, um, in my experience, that is the only way, you know, that has been. Yeah, I agree. You know, I used to think meditation was about stopping your thoughts until I learned is like, really, it's just, just watching, just observing your thoughts. And then eventually those thoughts do get quieter, you know, and then when you, the, the noise tends to settle and then there's the, the, it's the space between the words that start to really get louder, if that makes any sense. Right. Yeah. And then out of the blue, you'll get an answer for something and you have to trust it. Yeah. I mean, so many times in my life did I been like, Oh, whatever, that's ridiculous. And I, I didn't act on it. And till finally, I mean, sometimes your, your spirit, your soul will end up having to shout at you so loudly until you finally like wake up and do something about it, but try to be, I would recommend even, you know, be proactive about it. Right. And don't be too cute and fancy about it. You know, I think some people, what gets in the way of developing an introspection practice is you feel like you know, I don't have 30 minutes and I don't have a space. I don't have an altar. I don't have any, you know, there's always a million reasons. And I remember, you know, I have three kids. Sometimes I have a kid in my bed, you know, and, (laughs) you know, and, or there's a sick day or, you know, there's, there's always something, or I have to get up and do a a. 7am shoot or whatever. And so, you know, what I would suggest is just start with five minutes at any point in the day. You don't have to do it at 5 a.m. You could do it at 3.12 p.m. And just get in the habit of spending a couple of minutes. And there's so many great online tools. I mean, there's apps where you just can get guided meditations. You'll feel this is what we need to do as women because we don't don't have that muscle. We're not taught that muscle of Mm -hmm. feeling out this is right for me. This feels right for me is sometimes you have to go through one app and one guided meditation, one podcast, Mm -hmm. one this, and you find someone and some message and some Mm -hmm. vibration in their tone that you're like, this works for me and you find it and you stick with it and you do it. And then five minutes can become 10 minutes and then it can become 10 minutes twice a day. Give yourself the freedom and the flexibility to explore and to use different time chunks and do it in a way that works for you. And that, because that's the whole point it has. to. Yeah. And just experimenting again, like with what works for you. Right. Because maybe you're like, Oh my God, I don't want to sit and just do meditation. Okay, fine. Like you said earlier, go for a walk, go for a hike, do some yoga, anything that just helps you with that introspection, right? Anything that helps you to just quiet the, the outside world and just helps you to get more connected with yourself. Yeah. And I like to, you know, go on walks and maybe for 15 minutes, I'll put on a podcast, but I intentionally Mm -hmm. take off my headphones and, and try and force myself to just not listen, not be productive, not multitask and text and like do whatever (laughs) and give myself small windows where it's like Shibani, 
You're just going to listen, observe, and be present. And sure, it's a walk. It's called, there's such Uh, a thing as walking meditation. You know, it's, you can say affirmations while you walk with every step. You can just practice. What do I hear right now? What am I seeing? Practicing your, your five senses. I mean, there's lots of things you can do to make really any activity, um, internal and spiritualized. Um, you're not limited. Yeah. What's, what is your favorite affirmation or what do you find yourself telling yourself throughout the day? If you're struggling or you're feeling a little down, what do you tell yourself? So I have this amazing teacher and I'll just throw a shout out to her. Her name is Antoinette Spurrier. And, um, I've been working with her for a really long time and she gives me affirmations. And, um, one of the things, one of them is, um, God's divine plan. God's divine work is manifesting through me. Now I'm open to my destiny. I'm open to my dharma, and I'm open to God now. Uh, And when I feel that I am getting swayed and pulled by life and I'm, you know, it's not working and I have to effort and muscle, I go into my surrender meditation that God's plan is working and manifesting Uh, Dharma, Dharma, as we we say, uh, the Sanskrit word is um, it is it is not just about your job. It is the way you live your life. Mm. And, um, I'm, I'm open, you know, that is before it was about control and I've got to do this. And then I got to do that. And I'm going to bend things my, this way, then I'm going to bend the world this way. And I got to a point where I can't, it's not working, you know, it's just not working anymore. And so now I'm playing with let it go. Let someone else be in control. I am spiritual. I believe in a higher power and the power can be in, it is the God of your choice, God of your name. It can be inside of you. It can be it, the universe, wisdom, wise woman, whatever it is, but tuning into that and letting that person drive a little bit more instead of you taking the spirit steering wheel. That yeah. is everyday practice relax and yes and and just release right and just ah just allow things to be I used to be a total control freak about my life and the people in it and what was happening and god it's stressful to do that (laughs) I still have to remind myself you know it's like you have to interrupt those thoughts and sometimes I you know my mind was spiraling yesterday and I was like oh nope surrender surrender. So what if you're not in control and this is not your choice anyways? What, what if wisdom come to you on what you need to say when the right time comes, it will come and give it. And that is the mental practice. Mm. You know, that is the discipline that is just like you go to the gym or you eat healthy food or, you know, you watch your words. It's, you got to watch those thoughts and you, you know, stop and correct, you know, mm-hmm. oh, notice stop and, 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 you know, you pivot because yep. that's, that's, that's a, that's a waking meditation. Yep. Just being yep. my, you know, and then too, I mean, it's like the more I learned about neuroscience, neuroplasticity, it's like, it's actually changing. So even though you like thinking, oh my God, I've just been saying these affirmations left and right and doing these meditations and I'm trying to change my thoughts. Trust me, it's 
it will happen and things will change. Like you literally are changing your brain and you are changing your behaviors and your habits and your thoughts and your life. Just allow it to take, you know, its course and allow it to just unfold as it will. And, and, you know, like that's part of releasing that control too. Yeah. And not trying to force all that. You've got to trust that it that it will happen. And also question it, Wendy. It's like yeah. we all day long are it's like, is that true that I'm not I know. A, is that true that I'm fat and like I'm old? Is it true I'm not good at my job? Is it true that I'm not a good, you know, whatever it is? is it, you know, it's like, is that really true? I, I think it's yeah. like sometimes I don't act the way that I know that I could, but I'm human and I'm learning and I acknowledge. And wouldn't, isn't that what you would say to your kids? You know, it's like, we've all heard this, talk to yourself, like how you talk to your kids. Well, you know what, actually do it and see how that is because we need it most. And, um, that's, that is the way of change, you know, and it all starts in here and it's those small little things that seem so woo-woo, you know, particularly to yeah. the community and the groups that I'm a part of. A lot of the stuff feels so woo-woo and unless they are, they see the <laughs> science and the research and it like is very, you know, businessy and tied up in a certain way, it's hard for them to kind of get around it and get their heads around it. And I, and so part of what I do is I'm, I'm a messenger that, you know, they can relate to, and we do the same type of work and we, we, you know, we're in the same circles and I can say, this is not woo woo. Here is, you know, here's an idea and, um, give it, give it a whirl because it, it's worked for me. And actually it's worked for a lot of people. And it's actually a lot of this stuff, every major religion, whether you're religious or not, it all comes Mm -hmm. from a similar place and came from, uh, unaltered, very, you know, um, authentic places and then got, Mm -hmm. you know, altered along the way. But there are major themes around all of this inside all of the major religions that, you know, that are so true. So what is the right channel message access point for you, whatever it is, it can't, sometimes it can be through religion. Sometimes it can be through therapy. Sometimes it can be through, you know, something else. What's the right channel for you to tune into? And, you know, that's, that's where my service comes into my communities is yeah. let me share with you as a fellow community member, what I have learned and, and my life is not easy. My life is not perfect. My life is just as hard as everybody else's. You may not see it, but when I share what I do, what's happened to me, how I'm processing the challenges I face. And I think women, Mm -hmm need this. This is how we gather and create community is when one person opens the door and says, I'm having a hard time. Yeah. Entire group is like, thank God person to admit it. And then you can have those conversations to your uh, for saying this authentic yeah. conversations. You need to see one person to admit that they're not happy. And then everybody I know. Well, we connect through story, right? And and just knowing like, oh my God, somebody else out there is also a human. Oh my gosh, you know? I mean, people think with me, 
because they'll see me on social media or listen to me here. I mean, I share some of my crappy stories on here too, which I'm more than happy to. But, you know, I'm not happy 100% of the time. My God, that'd be nuts. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I wouldn't want to be. I know it sounds crazy, but it's my low moments that I learned so much about other humans that I have more empathy for myself and for others. And, and I learn how to navigate through life better. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I would not have ended up where I'm at now if it hadn't been through the, the shit storms I've been through, you know, what I mean? like, and I've been through some nutty, nutty, crazy stuff. Yeah. And I look back at those moments and I'm like, wow, you know, I'm like, you did it. You, you survived it. You didn't just survive it. You're, you thrive through it. Yeah. And you have to believe that you can get, no matter what it is, I mean, anything that you're going, you'll get through it. And, and why not get, get through it? I mean, you, you live like such a, what you blink in time and eternity, right? I mean, if we're lucky, we live till we're a hundred, yeah. hundred years. It's like nothing, but you have to make it something you got to make it special. Like this, like you're alive, make the best of it. I mean, I've said on before on the show, like my ex-husband died at the age of 26. Oh gosh. And I think about that, I'm like, oh my gosh, I should stop bitching because of oh, I had to do laundry today. I'm here. I I would love to do laundry today. Yes, yes. I know. I saw I actually saw this clip last night online with Stephen Colbert and Anderson Cooper. And Steve, they were talking, Anderson was interviewing Stephen and he said, I read this quote from you and Anderson Cooper was, got choked up. He said, mm-hmm. um, learning to love God's punishments and mm-hmm. take punishments and gods and all that, you know, like sort of the, the surface stuff out of it. You know, how he said, I have learned to love and appreciate the hardest moments Mm. of my life because they have taught me the most. And so when I, and it's hard for me to remember it in the moment, but eventually because of this mind training, because, you know, I've said it enough and I've come back around to it, maybe five hours from the initial sort of stirring point, then it becomes a few minutes earlier, a few minutes earlier. But when things aren't going my way, the question I have started to ask myself is what is this teaching me that I need to learn right now? Yep. And getting in tune with that. So if you are a woman who, or any person who is listening and you feel like I'm stuck, I'm not happy, things aren't going my way, get Mm. quiet, just pull out your journal. And start to free write. What are you, what is this moment teaching you right now? Because I guarantee you, if you answer that question five days in a row, um, there'll be different answers on different days, but you'll start to kind of nail, um, nail it and you'll know, you'll know what this moment is about. Yeah. Well said. And then also too, if there's something from your past that you still just, it keeps bubbling to the surface. You need to ask yourself that question in regards to that, right? I mean, we've all, I'm sure, have had some things where just like it's still stuck there. You're like, why can't I get that whole thing out of my mind? You know, we replay it, replay it over and over and over again. It's like, well, maybe it's there to teach you something. Yeah. Yeah. And it really does make you into a more beautiful person once you can 
gather all that wisdom from all of it, the good, the bad, the happy, the sad, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, life is not supposed to be like an Instagram page, you know? I mean, there's in between all those posts are shitty moments. Totally. But all of it is beautiful. All of it. And I think that's the beauty of midlife, you know, Mm -hmm. when getting back to everything you teach and everything, you know, the people that you talk to and everyone uh, and everything you're about, which is like, you know, for better, for worse at this point in life, midlife, everybody has gotten knocked down, you know, 20 years ago, that might not have been the case, right? You know, 10 years ago, maybe that might not have been the case, but at this point in life, everybody has gotten knocked down in some way. So isn't that a relief? We don't have to appear perfect. Yes. Nothing happened to us and we've got it together because you can't hide it anymore. Someone around us has gotten sick. Some, some, some of us have lost jobs. Some of us have had health challenges. Some of us have experienced losses in other ways, whatever it is, something has happened to every single one of us. You can Mm -hmm. put that away and you can just embrace that, that messiness and being real we mm-hmm. all we all are in that same space and that is a relief it is for me yeah. and the women that i talk to they just feel relieved that like they don't have to try to be perfect so hard anymore oh god isn't that great though i i'm a recovering perfectionist myself <laughs> to to the point where i would not do things in my life because yeah. I'm like, it's like the lighting's not going to be right you know this person's that's not going to be right like i just would not do it at all crazy isn't that crazy when it's you it's so silly it's so silly it, it so feels silly. so good though when you do get to that level or i don't like that word level you get to that point when you arrive at that mindset of not giving a crap yeah you care so much about your your soul and your well-being and serving that you're like whatever I'm, you know, I'm even when I, when I launched this podcast and oh my gosh, the haters on social media is crazy. Yeah. And most of mine are men, which is kind of weird to me, yeah. but I don't know. <laughs> um, and I remember the, when I first started getting like these weird, just awful mean messages and I was like, oh. and kind of like what you were saying before, like, is this true? Like, yeah. you know, like we, yeah. especially it's, it's one thing if we say something bad to ourselves, but if we hear it from someone in society, yeah, someone sure. from the outside, yeah. then it's like, oh, maybe it might be, then, right? Yeah. yeah. And then I started thinking, I'm like, well, that's not true. Yeah. Oh, like, whatever. And that's a lot of that is just releasing control. And that person is, can think what they want to think. And if they want to spend their time doing those things, that's totally fine. Like, whatever. I don't really care, but I want to keep serving. I'm going to keep just being myself. And if you come back to that yeah. mission and you come back to that service, you know, it's a little bit, I still, I do care about what people think. I do care about, yeah. you know, but what I've done is create strategies where I don't yes. expose myself to it as much. I don't make yep. myself vulnerable as much. You know, yeah. I, I want to put out amazing content and do things perfectly and have just, you know, I, I want to hit home runs all the time. Yes. And when I don't, I've, you know, I like, I like it creates anxiety and then, and then, you know, I have to get back into that mindset and get back. Like not everything needs to be a home run. It doesn't matter. I don't need to read those today. Don't open up those messages. Whatever it is, is like 
really guarding your yes. well-being so that you don't go down those rabbit holes because yeah. you know it's hard not to care what people think entirely we can have yeah. channels where we can feel it a little bit more comfortably but especially in any place of influence whether you're a leader or a senior yeah. manager or an influencer or whatever it is um you are going to be exposed to what people think and yep. yes you have to work on your mindset and also you have to guard yeah i'm so glad you said that cuz i think it's a lot yeah. yeah especially if you're like an empath right if you're someone that's a very sensitive and you absorb a lot of these energies and things like that and i didn't you know decades ago i i didn't know how to do that mm-hmm. i was just like Whoop! i would just absorb all of that negative energy. And I thought that I was supposed to be carrying this around with me. Mm-hmm. And until you like put things into place, like meditation Marvel. and the journaling and the affirmations and all of the above, it's like this nice shiny armor yeah. that, that can reflect that stuff. Like, sorry, not taking it, not taking it. An expansion. It's yeah. like, I am so much bigger than this, right? Yeah. If I mess up here. It's okay because I am bigger, better, yeah. more beautiful than, you know, anything that I could mess up on. And so you start to see yourself as like, I'm actually much more than all of this stuff. Right. So that little mistake and that little critique bothers me, but I can, if, as soon as I kind of get back to myself, I feel how powerful I am and how, you know, how much more I have to offer. And it's just that practice day in and day out and you're living it. I'm working on it. And this is, I'm working on it. (laughs) And you're working on it. We're like we said earlier, there's no destination. It's a practice every single day and just being nicer to yourself, you know, just really. Yeah. I was just thinking earlier about, um, I mean, really what all this comes down to, it's, it's about self-love and self-care. And especially as women, we have a hard time really caring for ourselves because we're such good caretakers. We take care of our kids and our partners and our coworkers and our friends. And we're so good at it that we, we tend to forget like, oh my God, I really need to take care of number one and to not feel, to feel selfish or right. Or to feel bad about that. Like, no, like take a day for yourself, take a week for yourself, like go. And I'm always saying too to people, like go and take a little vacation with yourself and get quiet with your thoughts, go journal, take a sign up for a retreat. Like I, I used to love, um, going to Kripalo. Have you been to Kripalo? Oh my God. I was, I was just there like 10 days ago. Oh, stop I'm going to bring up that I, you know, the first few, I had done this workshop and I was like, yeah. listen, I gotta, it's businessy. I got to Like I can justify being there by doing this workshop. And then I stayed there for like, you know, some R and R and I packed up my day and I was like, going to do this, going to do that, going to do this. And then by the second day I was like, no, I am not going to have an agenda. I'm not going to yeah. try and do the most amount of classes and calorie burns and all this stuff. <laughs> I'm actually going to give myself the freedom of not having a plan today. And I did that. And it was, we have to give ourselves the space, you yeah. know, to figure out what we like and what yes. we want and like what moves you in the most. Oh, I want to go to a dance class. 
I would have never picked a dance class, but when I tuned in and let myself be open, I was like, I'm going to do dance today. Oh, I'm actually going to go for a walk. I'm not going to go to that extra, the advanced yoga class, because that's what I should do. I'm actually going to go and swim in the lake right now. I'm going to lie. That's, I had written a blog post about lessons, life lessons in a hammock, because I looked at that hammock and I was like, I'm going to master relaxation. I'm going to figure this out. I think it's like the, a torture chamber for me. Cause I lie there and I'm like, what am I supposed to do? How long am I supposed to be here? Where am I supposed to be? And I feel so upset that I'm not relaxed because everybody seems so happy and ecstatic. and I can't be, but I think I'm, so, I'm not kidding you. I think so you were in Kapala, Massachusetts. Yes. Yeah. I laid in that same dang yeah. hammock. Would you go down the trail over to yes. where the, the lake is? Yes. 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 I, I laid and I remember thinking that too. I was like, I should be relaxed. And, yeah. and the last time when I was there, I was going through like a really, really rough time in my life. And, and that's the thing too. Like when you do get quiet, it isn't all like, wonderful beautiful thoughts like those shit thoughts come to the surface and you gotta end the emotions and you gotta just lay in the hammock with the better there with the strangers than you know like in the pickup line at school sometimes it's easier so oh it's so funny you so simpatico on Chopra Center. Uh, We're so connected. Yeah. Yeah, um, I definitely think like going to retreats is great. Um, And like, and Kripalu is great. So people that are listening, K-R-I-P-A-L-U, right? Um, I think it's .org. Yeah. In Western Massachusetts, like two hours from Boston. So yeah. And then there's also Omega Institute. And what I, what I love about both of them is that they have all sorts of different speakers, topics, like, or just a simple R&R. Like, that is such a great way to try different things, to do nothing, to do something, whatever. Mm. And just, yeah, hey, like, become your own best friend. Yeah, I think it's maybe. so and then, cool. And sometimes that's where it starts. You go and you yeah. do things and then you're like, I want to continue this. And you start yeah. to build that practice yep. into your everyday and, oh, you know, not having my cell phone while I was there was really anxiety. And then by day three, I was like, this is amazing. And now I'm back to my normal life. And I'm like, how do I get more mindful about my places? You know, you learn and you live there and then you figure out ways. It's not, you can't leave your, you know, phone off for six hours, but you learn not to pick it up as much or you tuck it up you know, in, in the car, you know, drawer somewhere or whatever. And, um, and yeah. you, you practice there, you experiment there, and then you learn to practice every day at home. So I yeah. love retreat is great. Yeah. And you know, too, like if you're, if you're someone, you know, that's not sure of what you want to do with your second half of life, it's a great way to, to try different things. You never know. And like, sometimes it'll lead to one thing and then another, like I got certified in yoga and I was like, Ooh, I really like this. I'm going to go get certified in positive psychology. And then I'm like, and it's like one thing leads to another. And then finally you're like, Oh my gosh, now I know what I want to do. So it's just, you just got to try it. Yeah. I love it. Uh, What's next for you? 
Uh, so I'm writing that book. Uh, yeah. yeah. So I'm wor- working on bringing sort of ancient wisdom, which is bringing wisdom to everyday life for working women. I continue to speak in front of groups, talking to women about rewriting the rules for themselves, particularly career women. Um, you can find me at shibanijoshi.com. I send out newsletters and you can find me on Insta, um, Shibani Joshi, S-H-I-B-A-N-I, last name J-O-S-H-I. And yeah, I love connecting with women. You know, I, I wrote a piece, I've written a couple of pieces for Elle magazine about my life after Indian divorce because Indian mm. divorces um, carries huge stigma. There aren't a lot of public people. There aren't a lot. We don't have track records for this in our culture of like, how do you do divorce? We're often the first people in our entire lineage of family that's like contemplating divorce. So it feels really big for us. And so I never advocated as like a solution, but I'm always talking to women of, you know, at different ethnic cultures about yeah. my personal experiences and what my logic and my steps and my thinking and the upside and the downsides as well as like what I've gained from it for lack yep. of a better word. And and the road that I'm paving for myself, which is yeah. no easy road, you know? And so I talked to a lot of women about that as well, because life is hard. Marriage is hard yeah. and uh, <laughs> adulting is hard. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> and we deserve to have fun, you yeah. know, with, with as hard as it is, we yeah. should have fun. <laughs> feeling less alone is, you know, is such a relief I've come to find. Oh. Yeah. Like they're not the only one experiencing what they are and we're not, we never are. Yeah, exactly. We're just human beings being human. Dang it. Doing the best we can. We'll figure this all out together. Yeah. I love it. it. (laughs) Thank you, Shivani. Thank you, Wendy. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. And now for the nuggets of midlife wisdom from today's show. Number one, get real with reality. Life is messy. Learn to manage the messiness of your life and not expect a perfect balance. Number two, what got you here will not get you there. What is your new rule book? What is your new playbook? Number three, remove the labels that have been placed upon you by society, culture, family, friends, or even social media and ask yourself, who am I? Number four, the only way to tune into yourself is to tune out the world through journaling, meditation, yoga, painting, hiking, walking, etc. Number five, focus on the efforts of fulfilling your purpose and not the outcome. Turn your work into service. Number six, if you are unsure of what your next step is in life, you must get quiet and start an introspection practice. The answers are within you. Number seven, learn to love and appreciate the hardest moments of your life because those moments will teach you the most. Ask yourself, what is this moment teaching me? Shabani, thank you for sharing all your wonderful wisdom and guidance with us today. You are so amazing. I loved our conversation and you have inspired me to spend more time with getting quiet, which is really hard for me to do, (laughs) and going within, hanging out with me, myself, and I. 
Everyone, please check out her website at shabanijoshi.com. That is S-H-I-B-A-N-I-J-O-S-H-I.com. Thank you for tuning into the show today and join us on Monday when we have a special guest, Megan Dahlman. She will teach us how to lose our menopausal belly bulge. Bah, bah, bah. Megan is a certified strength and conditioning trainer and nutrition coach who's passionate about helping women love their bodies and thrive in their health. There's that word again. Thrive. <laughs> thrive through your Thursday, everyone. Have a great day. Did this podcast inspire you, challenge you, trigger you to make a change, or spit out your coffee laughing? Good. Then there are three ways you can thank me. Number one, you can leave a written review of this podcast on Apple iTunes. Number two, you can take a screenshot of the episode and share it on the social media and tag me, Wendy Valentine. Number three, share it with another midlifer that needs a makeover. You know who I'm talking about. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Get out there and be bold, be free, be you.